Hi there. Uh, my name is Bobby Johns, and this is my wife, Shari. Thanks for uh, letting us share what God has done in our lives, and we hope it will encourage you. Um, sorry for the notes, but if I don't have notes, I'll end up telling you about my sixth-grade science project or something. So. so a quick prayer to get us started. Father God, thank you for your grace and endless blessings that we don't deserve. Please open our eyes and open our hearts to your truth. And if there is anything useful in our story, please let that come through tonight. You are mighty and filled with love and compassion for us, even when we are, when we are lost and far from you. There's no marital problem or other issue here tonight that's bigger than you. You love us where we are and love us enough not to leave us there. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bobby and I were both, uh, both born and raised in Texas. Uh, we've been together for 21 years and married for 15. We have two beautiful boys, Austin, who's 11, and Wyatt, who's 6. And we've been coming to Watermark for about 8 years now. There's a picture of our two munchkins. So, as for my background and family, I wasn't raised on any kind of organized religion. My uh, parents were divorced when I was 18 months old because my father was gay. I usually don't mention that up front because people often tune out for a minute when they hear that. This played out badly for me uh, because the rest of the family was deathly afraid that I would turn out to be gay too. So even at a very young age, I was encouraged to notice women, look at cheerleaders and, and so on. This was like throwing gasoline on a fire. I was already very attracted to women. And I started a lifelong addiction to pornography, starting with Playboy at the age of eight, with the encouragement of a relative thinking she was helping me. I grew up with a series of stepfathers until I was 12, and my, mom, my mom's first, uh, her fourth husband uh, seemed to stick. They were married for 20-plus years. He was the first stable father figure I ever had, and he taught me about being a man, not so much by what he said, but I watched what he did. He was a good moral man, became a Freemason, and passed away just a few years ago. Just about the time I hit puberty, I was trying to leave anything about God and the Bible behind. I asked questions of the Christians I knew, but no one I knew could give me what I thought were intellectually honest answers to the hard questions. How do I know that the Bible is God's word? How do I know Jesus is who he says he was? Why does God let bad things happen? 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I spent most of my adult life far from God, actively running away from him. If you count abortion as murder, then I've broken all ten of the commandments. I don't know how to give you more details about my past hedonism without it sounding like bragging. So trust me when I tell you, I was lost and completely bought into the world's lies, living in the darkness. I mocked everything Christians stood for, and I did it with great delight. Proverbs 18, 1 and 2. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends, and against all sound judgments starts quarrels. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in their own, airing their own opinions. And I grew up in a volatile household. My father was physically abusive to my mother, and when I was 15, my mother took me and my two brothers, and we went to live in a women's shelter. We lived there for three weeks hiding from him. My mother believed in the Lord and always spoke of him, but I didn't understand how God could do this to us. My mother then remarried a man who also had three children, and together they had one more. So all nine of us lived in a tiny house together, and because of the divorce and the remarriage, 
I had to start over again at a new high school. In hindsight, God was looking after me. A sweet girl I met introduced me to others that she knew and befriended me. They all invited me to go to church with them, and I loved it. And at church camp the summer before my senior year, I gave myself over to the Lord, and I was baptized. I had head knowledge of what that meant. I thought if I was good and I helped people, then all would be fine. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God and not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But after high school, I stopped running with these friends I had made at church, and I went completely wild. I began drinking and experimenting with drugs, and because of my promiscuity and other poor choices, I became pregnant. I was scared, and out of fear and selfishness, I made a very conscious decision to abort that child. I pursued a career as a technology geek, Uh, bought the latest gadgets, pursued anything that interested me, and followed my own selfish nature. Even got married and then divorced within a year. Chased women and let sex dictate my life. All the while, something was missing. I would move from one philosophy or ism to another, trying to find what was missing. I read books on psychology, comparative religion, and philosophy for pleasure. At first being excited, thinking I found a real answer at last, only to discover that when I chased these ideas to their logical conclusion, they were just another dead-end, lame excuse for the truth. Slowly, I began to live a life closer to the straight and narrow, but never consciously trying to please or know God, just dropping the most destructive habits that I had survived long enough to realize didn't work. I met Bobby in 1995, and we were pretty much inseparable. After only a few months of dating, we moved in together. I didn't think anything was wrong with it at the time. All of my friends were living with their boyfriends. Bobby and I got married in the fall of 2001, and after a couple of years of marriage, we started trying to have a child. One afternoon, Bobby had to rush me to the hospital because I was having severe abdominal cramps. I didn't know I was pregnant at the time until we got to the emergency room where I learned I was having a miscarriage, and we were devastated. It was our first pregnancy, and we had lost the baby. Several months later, I found out I was pregnant again, and we were very excited about this child. But during a doctor's visit, it turned out that I had had an ectopic pregnancy with internal bleeding. It was life-threatening, and I was immediately rushed into emergency surgery. I remember a friend coming and uh, visiting me at the hospital, And I looked at them and I asked them if this was God's way of punishing me for the abortion that I'd had. Sorry. About a year after this, I got pregnant again. But fear dominated most of that pregnancy. But our little blessing was born happy and healthy. We named him Austin. But after the birth of our son, Bobby and I slowly drifted apart, feeling like I had to control everything and make all of the decisions, feeling very alone and disconnected, And I remember sitting on the couch after our son had gone to bed and looking at Bobby and just telling him about how lonely I felt, even though we were in the same room. I met my wife, Shari, and I was finally ready to get married again after much patience on Shari's part. I was madly in love with her, and with the birth of my son, after several misadventures, I began to wonder if I was capable of being a good father, not to mention a good husband or even a good man. The miscarriages and ectopic pregnancy put a deep fear into me and made me realize how little control I really had. 
I had almost lost Shari, and the prospect made me fearful, overprotective, and timid. Everything I learned from the various self-help and personal growth workshops had taken me about as far as they could. My marriage was dying, and I couldn't figure out how to stop it. Divorce was the most likely outcome, and I was in despair, paralyzed with fear. A classic case of a failure to lead and passivity. My addiction to pornography was taking its toll as well. I was letting a computer fantasy world steal time, energy, and affections from my wife. This only added to the downward spiral. And at this time in our marriage, you could say that Bobby and I were more like roommates. The distance that had grown between us was pretty deep. I would spend most of my evenings in the bedroom watching TV while he spent the evening in the living room doing the same or on his computer. I was sad, depressed, and lonely. I started contemplating divorce and what that might look like. I started picturing my son and myself living without Bobby, and the world made it sound so easy and okay that the grass was greener and that I could be happier if I just ended this marriage and moved on. Whew, Satan was working in my heart. He would have enjoyed seeing my son grow up without his father around. My first visit to Watermark was in January of 2008. I had come with a friend who had invited me several times, and she had a son the same age as ours, so it made it easier to come. And I was thinking it would be good for my son because I was going to be divorced. Um, but our pastor's message that day was about marriage and specifically about being undivorced. I remember um, him saying that if you were still married but not following the Lord's definition of marriage, then you were living undivorced. It felt like he was talking to me, that somehow he knew I was showing up that morning and created this sermon just for me. When in reality, it was Jesus who knew I'd be walking in those doors on that day. And that day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I remember going home and telling Bobby about the sermon. I told him I was going to go the next week and that he could come if he wanted to. He didn't want to. <laughs> but the sermon was a, uh, was a series about marriage. And I remember praying that Bobby would come with me, and he finally did. I wasn't excited about going to church. <laughs> but I went hoping for a little solace and maybe a few new social contacts. I didn't have any men I could talk to regularly about anything except technology. To be honest, I wasn't sure the building wouldn't cave in when I walked in. Uh, our pastor was in the middle of the first re-engage series, and it seemed like he was talking just to me. I came for six straight weeks, and they were all about me. <laughs> after, after eight plus years, a couple have not been about me. <laughs> what I found were people who had a love and authenticity and energy that I had never seen in church before. They spoke of God's unfailing, unchangeable love for us all, even for me. A love so deep that he would give his only son to pay the price for my wickedness. I heard that I was forgiven and saved by grace. It took a while for me to come around to the conclusion that this might be what I had been looking for. Not knowing anything better to do, I just prayed my first feeble little prayer. God, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. But if you're there, please come into my heart and let me find out. Romans 8.26 In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us in wordless groans. At first, I didn't want people to know that uh, where I went to church, not because of what they might think of me, but what they might think of the church. 
<laughs> if they let that guy in, they'll let anybody. <laughs> and that's actually the truth. But I felt the need to protect my new friends from my past. But they didn't need it. They had a protector and a redeemer already. I began reading the Bible and found things that I'd never heard before. I began to cultivate a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I spoke with committed Christ followers who spoke with an authenticity and a, I'd never knew from Christians before. My idea of what being a real Christian, a Christ follower, was forever changed. No one was afraid of my even toughest questions. I began to pray regularly and found a peace I had not had before. I began to see improvements in my marriage and my other relationships. I still go off into the weeds sometimes, but I know the way back. I still struggle with the lies of the world at, this t- at times, but uh, I have a hope that I didn't have before. What was missing was there all along, but I never saw God's love and grace for what it was. Unchangeable, unbreakable, unfathomable. Somewhere along the way, my interest in pornography also diminished. I finally threw away my last stash of DVDs one day after reading scripture, James 1, uh, 19, 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. After I jumped in with both feet, my wife began to come around a little at a time. We joined a community group. I started going to equip disciple because I didn't even know what I didn't know. What's quiet time and do I need earplugs? <laughs> we decided to give this uh, new marriage class called Reengage a shot. 24 weeks. You guys got it easy at 16 weeks. We were 24 weeks when we started. But I said, okay, let's do it. So two other couples from our community group uh, did re-engage with us. And I remember Bobby wanting to do that first re-engage class that Watermark offered, and I just wasn't ready. My heart was very hard, and at times I didn't know if it would soften towards him. I'm obviously glad we did. Focusing on our marriage and focusing on Christ is truly the only way out of the deep funk that our marriage had gotten into. I'm so thankful today for what the Lord has blessed me and my family with. We have dear, sweet friends who pour into us, love us, guide us. I no longer feel like I'm being punished for my abortion. But I'm loved and I'm forgiven and I'm the daughter of a king. I have peace and joy in the blessings that God has given me. I think about how our little family has grown and how awesome our two boys are. And I rejoice in this relationship my husband and I now have with Jesus Christ. Bobby's my best friend, and there's no place I would rather be. He's my rock, and I'm filled, thrilled to follow his lead. <laughs> so we show this picture because it is a perfect example of where we were and where we are now. Now our marriage and our life are filled with joy and happiness and fun, And we love being silly and goofy, and there was a time in our life where that just wasn't true. It was dark and ugly. And so it's just kind of a silly picture we like to show to show the differences of where we were and where we are now. I still like wearing that costume. (laughs) 
she does too. We still have conflicts, we might after this. Um, we still have conflicts and even argue sometimes. But the difference is we are committed to Christ first and then to each other. Shari and I now serve as small group facilitators and re-engage, not because we have a perfect marriage, because we don't, but because we know the pain a dysfunctional marriage can bring and feel drawn to do something about it. The fear and sadness can be crippling. If that's where you are now and wondering if this is for you, Yes, it is. There's no better place that I'm aware of, and there's no better time than right now to get started. And if you have something scary you need to share with your spouse or small group, do it tonight. Dig deep and get after it. God is bigger than anything you might be facing. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you for letting us share our story with you tonight. Mm. Well, uh, there was a time Bobby did stand-up comedy. <laughs> Make, makes sense, doesn't it? It really makes sense. So this is normally the time where we make a bridge and we kind of pull out a marriage principle and close out. But, you know, I was thinking, guys, as much as, much as it is a marriage story, it really is, it's more a God story, you know? It really is. And so, Shari, the thing I just heard you say is God mad at me, given what I've done, you know? And so, uh, effectively, you're saying, no, he's not. And you guys quoted, they quoted Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, right? It's a verse we quote a lot around here, but it's by grace. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, right? And that's a great verse, but what makes it so much more amazing <clears throat> is that 4.3, uh, which is right above there, um, says this, uh, Ephesians 2, uh, I'm sorry, 2.3. It says um, that all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. So what we deserved, what we deserved from God was that because we had taken a life that he would uh, take one that we, we wanted. That's what we deserve. Can you imagine being on the receiving end of God's wrath? Right? A lot of us, like I remember this playground bully that was after us and how terrifying that was. Can you imagine if God, the God who created the universe was after you and you were on the receiving end of it? That's what we deserve. But instead, we got grace. And so their story is a God's story, but does that apply to marriage? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. And so as Bobby and Shari talked about how they forgive each other, the, the whole reason they're able to do so is because they know they were by nature deserving wrath, but instead they got grace. So when they fail each other, yeah, kind of, there's a sense they deserved wrath, but instead, because of what God's done in their lives, they extend and receive grace from each other, right? So it's not just tips and techniques. It's a complete heart transformation, receiving that grace so that we can then pass it on. This has everything to do with God. 
everything to do with God. Their story was a God story that absolutely impacted uh, impacted their marriage. So guys, thanks so much for sharing. Awesome job. Hey, uh, 